Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Rink Rat Report podcast. And I'm guessing everyone knows what I'm going to talk about today. The big thing on the mind of everyone in Leafs Nation. And in case you live under a rock, Kasperi Kapanen traded to the Pittsburgh Penguins. So, full trade, the Penguins receive Kasperi Kapanen. Jesper Lindgren and Pontus Aberg in exchange the Toronto Maple Leafs receive the 15th my voice cracked a little there but the 15th overall draft pick in this year's draft they receive Philip Hollander who is a Pittsburgh Penguins prospect. He went second round 58th overall in 2018. And they also received David Worovsky, Worovsky, as well as Evan Rodriguez. So I'm going to get into it. The short and sweet, what do I think of this deal? I like it for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I really do. I think they took Kasperi Kapanen and Kyle Dubas squeezed every inch of value out of him in this one. I mean, I was looking last year, uh, I was comparing Kapanen's value to that of Andre Burakovsky. However, Burakovsky did not have as good of a season as Kapanen did this year. He only had 25 points, but he was traded to the Colorado Avalanche, and in exchange, the Capitals got a second and a third round pick out of him, as well as as well as uh, an AHL player out of it too, so not too too uh, a decent return I would say for Andre Bierkowski, but he's been awesome this year. So in short, hundred percent love it. Um, what does this mean for the Toronto Maple Leafs? So what do they get? They get. Let's summarize what they got. They got. A, cap space. They got relieved of Kasperi Cap, and I believe it's a $4.25 million AAV that they're relieved of. On top of that, they get a first-round draft pick, a middle first-round draft pick. This is not what the Pittsburgh Penguins are used to. This is not a position that the Pittsburgh Penguins are usually picking from, if they're ever picking. I mean, they always trade either their first-round prospects or they trade their first-round picks. But... 15th. They haven't picked in this position for a long, long time. So middle of the draft, draft pick, some cap space, and a decent prospect in Philip Hollander. I mean, he had a very, very up and down season this year simply because of injuries, but I think he's a good draft pick. I, I think he's a good prospect. I think he was around their second best prospect in their pool there. So he's not a stupendous one. I'm not jumping up and down. He's not going to be on the Leafs next year. But he is a solid draft pick, and I remember in his draft year thinking this guy should be around about a high second-round pick around there. So the other two guys, David Worovsky, he's going to be an AHL defenseman, I feel. Uh, but he's going to be the first. Line, he's going to be a first-line defenseman for the Marlies. He's really going to be able to help out um, the younger guys down there, namely uh, Mac Hollowell as well as Joseph Duzak. I'm probably forgetting some of them off the top of my head right now. So what did the Leafs give up? 
Well, we gave up Kasperi Kapanen. He was a he was our third liner. Whenever we brought him up in the lineup, he never worked. So a third liner, stamp that on him. Third liner, and I think that's possibly why Kyle Dubas felt that it was so easy to move on from Kasperi Kapanen. And that being, he couldn't play up in the lineup. Think about every single time that he was moved up in the lineup this season. Namely, at the beginning of the season when he was playing with Mitch Marner and John Tavares. It just did not work for some reason. He looked horrible. But then the next five games, they put him at third line. This guy's got over a point per game playing on the third line. So very, very strange that he couldn't play with better players there and couldn't be more... I don't know, uh, give more value to the Toronto Maple Leafs. And if a guy's stuck at third line, I don't want to be paying him north of $4 million there. So am I saying Kasperi Kapanen is going to be a career depth player? Absolutely not. I think that he could turn it around. I mean, he's not that, he's what, 24 years old? So can is it possible that he improves his hockey sense? Is it impossible... He impossible that he improves his positioning. Is it impossible that he learns from Sidney Crosby a little bit on how to where to be on the ice uh, at what point? Obviously not. I mean, we could look back at this. This could be similar to the Burakovsky trade, and we could be like, "Wow, we really missed out next year at this time. We really missed out. Why did we trade Kasperi Kapanen?" But at this point, right now, that's what you have to be looking at. That's a dream. That's a development. That's his own choice. I mean, right? we can't project that Kasperi Kapanen at this moment would be a 60, 70-point player with the Toronto Maple Leafs next year because it's just not realistic to say, hey, he's, gonna, he's going to change all this. He's going to be in the gym more. He's going to be this, this, this. I mean, you could say that with every player. You could say that with Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, William Nylander, any of them. I mean, so it's kind of a... It's, not a pipe dream it is realistic it can happen but I mean at this point right now great trade value for uh, Kasperi Kapanen and that's why the Leafs were able to move on from the other two that were in this were involved in this trade Jesper Lindgren um he came over to the Marlies last year he's currently on loan in Sweden uh simply because the AHL season isn't going to start until November but he had a tough go. Um, he was about, I think he was a fourth round pick for the Leafs. Uh, he's a 1997 born. So I want to say around a C-level prospect. Nothing too exciting really there. Um, and then Pontus Aberg, I think he might be an RFA. But he did not have the most impressive showing in the NHL la, la, uh, last season. However, in the AHL, he actually looked very good. He was uh, one of the top scorers, if not the top, on the Marlies last season. So he, he'll bring, I mean, he'll bring you a 13th, 14th forward kind of depth. And if anything, he'll be a very good AHL player for you, help you, you know, help so that your AHL team, I mean, that's what you got to remember. You do have to beef up that AHL team. 
to help develop your players that are down your young especially your younger players that are down there because you don't want your AHL like what kind of development path is that going to be if your AHL team is getting absolutely smashed five nothing every game so if anything Pontesaberg is extra an extra forward in the NHL and uh, like a decent call up to the NHL as well as a very good AHL player there so. Outside of Kapanen, we really didn't give up too, too, very, we didn't give up very, I mean, that important of, uh, of players, in my opinion. Outside, uh, I mean, Lindgren and Ponte Saberg were obviously very expendable there. So, what are these other pieces that we got? Evan Rodriguez. Uh, quite an interesting player simply because he broke a stereotype last year. And the stereotype I'm speaking about is that good players ask for trades. No, he, he smashed through that one asking the Buffalo Sabres for a trade, even though he had zero goals at this point. So I thought that was just mind-blowing right there. I mean, a, I don't think he's a very good player. Apparently his... His cap it last year was two mil. So if you you qualif- if you give him a qualifying offer to which this is his last year of RFA, being an RFA, I mean, I think that's way overpaying the guy. I don't really think he's very good at all. Uh, if he is a Toronto Maple Leaf next year, he'll be on the fourth line. To which I don't even really want him on the fourth line. Maybe he plays in the Marlies. Um, I'm not entirely sure what's going going to happen with Evan Rodriguez, but bottom line, he's not that good of a player. And then, as I mentioned, David Worofsky is going to be in the AHL as well. So, Philip Hollander. I, I, I published some highlights on him. They're on the YouTube channel if you are interested. If you'd be so kind as to like, comment, subscribe there. So, Philip Hollander, what do you get out of him? He's a pretty good skater, but the big thing that I noticed, the majority of where his points came from, was in front of the net. Getting those rebounds, getting those tips, that hard, he he was pretty damn good in that hard area, even though he was only, what, 20, 21, 20 years old, actually, last year. So, pretty good in front of the net, pretty good skater as well. Uh, But, as I mentioned, he... Dealt with some injuries last year. Uh, not a career injury kind of guy, but uh, dealt with some injuries last year that made it a little bit more difficult. That's why he didn't play for Sweden at the World Juniors as well. So, a bit of a tough year, but I, I think he's going to have a very good bounce back year in Sweden. I think he's going to be staying in Sweden probably for the entire dur- the duration of the entire season. However, it's not out of the question that he comes to uh, he comes to Toronto for for camp. I'm not too sure what's going to happen there, but anyways, pretty good prospect that we got there. So overall, overall, sum up what we got: cap space, first round pick, decent prospect. In exchange, we give up pretty much we give up Kasperi Kapanen. So from our third line. This opens up some space. I think we got, we do have guys that can easily step in there and be effective. Namely, I think Nick Robertson. This opens up some space for him. Um, possibly Andreas Janssen to start playing third line again because 
um, what it was looking like in playoffs. I mean, he was he was going to be on the fourth line if Nick Robertson hadn't been scratched, kind of thing. So, I think this opens up a, a, a nice little a nice space for Nick Robertson there. We're going to see him in a Toronto Maple Leafs uniform next year. That's going to be exciting. Uh, very exciting young player. If you if you forgot, I, I guess. If you haven't seen him play in Peterborough, he was he was absolutely electric. So that'll be nice to see him next year. So what does this mean? What does what does this? What? Uh, where do we go from here? What happens now? Well, I can guarantee you this: Kyle Dubis is not done yet. We still have a glaring hole at the number one right-handed D spot. And, I mean, it's burning a hole in my retina right now, just staring at it. The number one right D spot needs to be addressed. So, how are we going to address this? I mean, free agency, I really don't see if there's anything. I mean, I keep hearing Alex Petrangelo. If you've been on around the Bird app, if you've been on Twitter, it's all you're hearing. Alex Petrangelo is going to be a Toronto Maple Leaf. Um, well, newsflash... Just to state some facts, uh, Drew Doughty, when he was one of the top upcoming UFAs, got, what, 10 mil by 8? 10 mil a year, yeah. Uh, P.K. Subban even makes $9 million a year, correct. Uh, Brent Burns makes, what, north of $9 million. Uh, Eric Carlson, last season, just signed for, what, $11 million. Alex Petrangelo might be looking in the $80 million range with an AAV for sure north of nine. Anything less than $9 million a year, I think Alex Petrangelo is selling himself short because he is a fantastic defenseman. He isn't, he, I, I've seen the quotes. He wants to be a St. Louis Blue. He's been a St. Louis Blue his whole career. He's currently the captain of the team. You can roast me if that's not true. I really think he's the captain. If he's not, then I'm an idiot. Um, however, I don't think the team really has the cap space to re-sign him. So, it's going to be interesting. I, I, we're, I, the entire, I'm going to say, I'm going to keep a close eye on like, Everyone's going to keep a close eye on it. This guy's a fantastic defenseman going to unrestricted free agency. Where is he going to go? I haven't looked at the numbers close enough because it's going to have to be a team with a lot of cap space there because he is going to sign for a lot of money. And I don't think the Leafs have enough at this moment to even sign him. North of nine. If we clear up more, we get to about $12 million in cap space. That's when I'll start to believe but right now, absolutely not. Other things I've seen around the Bird app, Radko Gudis. I've seen that name thrown around far too much. Leafs fans are far too excited at the prospect of signing Radko Gudis. Might I remind you, Radko Gudis was getting scratched by the Washington Capitals in the playoffs this past year. Radko Gudis can't skate. Radko Gudis takes bad penalties. And all for what? Oh, he hits? He's physical? 
give your head a shake. If he's playing second line right D next, nice voice crack, kid. If he's playing second line right D next season for the Toronto Maple Leafs, we've made a vital mistake because he's not that good. I'd rather have Justin Hole there than him. If we sign Ratko Gudas at this moment, and we still have Justin Hole in the roster, then what happens with Timothy Liljegren? Because he should 100% be getting a look next season. Right now, how I think it's going to shake out, Hole, Muzz, and that pairing is going to stick, and then Timothy is going to be on that third pairing, that third line. As he should. We should be giving him a look. He took a big step in his improvement last season, and we should be giving him a look at that third pairing there. What's going to happen with this number one right D pairing? Well, I'll tell you what. A name I haven't seen around, thrown around enough. And because Leaf fans are in La La Land, and I've seen every name thrown out there. Oh, a, a list of uh, eventsmen I would like to get. I, I saw one person put uh, Pareko, Petrangelo, um, pretty much everyone. And then Trevor Van Riemsdyk was in that same list. So I don't know what's wrong with people, but Trevor Van Riemsdyk sucks. What's he going to like, no, just shut up, honestly. Don't bring that name up anymore. He stinks. Um, but a name that I think would solve our problems, namely, we don't have a big shot on the power play. We need a minute eater of number one right D. Um, and I'm not, I mean, not minute eater like Cody Cece, someone that's actually effective. And that's Jeff Petrie. I think he fits that mold perfectly. A big body, little bit of physicality to his game. The dude can put up points, and he can straight up shoot the puck as well. All-around great player. I think loved by eye test as well as loved by the stats people as well because he's such a fantastic defenseman. And that's that's who I think would solve a lot of issues in Leafland, Jeff Petrie. But that's a pipe dream. That's I mean, I'm daydreaming there speaking about this simply because Jeff Petrie is very good, and I don't understand why the Montreal Canadiens would part with him. However... That would be a fantastic acquisition for the Toronto Maple Leafs. But I think we got a trade coming in. I think we're going to have to be... Kyle Dubas is 100% not done. And we're going to be trading for a number one right demon. So. Lastly, I do want to address some things that we've seen around the Bird app. So, what around the bird app? What have I been seeing around Twitter lately? I don't really get any news regarding hockey from Instagram, so that's why we're calling this segment Around the Bird App. As I mentioned already, I've seen a lot of Alex Petrangelo to the Toronto Maple Leafs, and I've seen a lot of Radko Gudis to the Toronto Maple Leafs. I don't know about either of them, and I've already outlined why, so. Let's not beat a dead horse here. Um, additionally, obviously, we for the past God knows how many years, we've seen Brett Pesce to the Toronto Maple Leafs. I'm not sure why. Um, I mean, he's a middle, he's an okay defenseman, I guess. I mean, but what are you trading for him, really? I hope it's not too much. I mean, he's not on the friendliest contract right now. And I mean, what does he particularly do that well I mean I'm genuinely asking he's just a wildly okay defenseman that's getting paid four plus million dollars so in terms of cap value 
I don't know about that one. I, I'd really have to see the trade and what we're what we'd be giving up for Brett Pesce, who is a right-handed defenseman. And as I've already mentioned several times, that's something we really, really need. Um, additionally, you always you always get those those people on Twitter that are called William Nylander a perimeter player. Guy plays with no heart. Oh, he's just all skill. Um, I mean, if William Nylander was ugly, I'd really like to, if he was like a dog. If he looked like a looked like a dog. I mean, would this many people be going after him? Is it because he's good looking? I mean, we've we've seen it with Brock Besser that I, I saw somewhere. I didn't read the full thing, but Brock Besser is too good looking for hockey. Is this really what we're getting to? We're judging players based on how they look? You can't be too good looking or else you're considered not a good hockey player? I don't know. That one That one just makes me want to... Lo- I, I don't know. No, no thanks. I'm not looking into any more of those. Uh, a reminder about William Melander being a perimeter player. Most net front goals in the league this year. Look it up. I'll try to create a compilation of all of them because I think there was about 14 of his 31. Yes, that's that's right. 31 in 68 games played. We had 13 games left. So you do the math. That's not bad. Um, other things I've seen around Twitter. I mean, I've seen the Josh Anderson stuff. Uh, I would, it would really, really depend on what the trade was. Simply because, I mean, I like Josh Anderson. I'll give you my opinion on him. I like Josh Anderson. I think he's a solid player. Pretty good skater. Very physical, which I, I love his phys- the physicality that he brings to his game. 27 goals. Uh, one year removed from a 27-goal season. I think he had uh, 44 points total. On his way for a big payday this year in his contract year. But he put up four points this year. Just a reminder about that. He put up four points in 26 games, I think it was. I mean, if you're not getting good value on a trade from a player that had four points in 26 games this past year, I'm hesitant because I don't know. He had he had that shoulder injury. We don't know how he's going to be able to recover. Um, mentally, is he going to be as physical with that shorter shoulder? Is that shoulder going to be a recurring problem? I'm not a doctor. I have no idea. But these are flags that are raised. I mean, I'm not selling the house for for Josh Anderson here. I'm not giving up a first. I'm not even. I don't even know if I'd give up a second for Josh Anderson right now with all these question marks circling. And then on top of that, you have to figure out. He has to be signed this this offseason. So how much is he going to be signed for? So when, a, when that many question marks come up with a player, I mean, I'd really, we'd really have to get good value out of this trade for it to be worthwhile for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, other things that I've seen floating around, rumors and such, um... In Leafs Nation on Leafs Twitter, uh, I've seen a lot of. Oh, there was that Myrtle article. That's what I wanted to mention. The Myrtle article, and in it, he was very disappointed with Timothy Liljegren. I-
A guy I wanted to speak more about was Timothy Liljegren, the 2017 first-round pick, and my thoughts on him. Because James Myrtle did come out with that article trashing Timmy a little bit, saying he wasn't very good. And I mean, from an NHL perspective, if you're just looking at his NHL debut, if you're not taking into account anything purely on play, you know what? He wasn't that good. He played in a sheltered role and his numbers weren't very good. I understand people go, oh, he's strong along the board. Look at this play here. Look at this play there. You're looking into it way too much. When you're looking at the positives, when a player has put up zero points, when they don't play big minutes, when they play sheltered minutes, you are 100% looking into things too much. And you're ignoring the macro level of the, the, the negatives that they brought out there. However, with that being said, Looking at Timothy, looking at Timmy, uh, and looking at you know his development as a whole, I think he had a very good year, and it was a very encouraging year for Leafs fans because he took a huge step in the AHL. He looked like a much more complete defenseman in terms of defensive play as well as offensive play. His point, his point production, I think, doubled this year. And that being said, he did get to play the power play a little bit more, but he looked more confident out there with the puck. I mean, and he was producing a lot more. I put up the highlights of him. He looked he looked very good. He looked like a legit first-pairing defenseman in the AHL this past season. With that being said, his NHL, there were spots of, hey, like, there was a couple good plays here and there, but if you're just highlighting those good plays, you're ignoring the deficiencies to his game. And, I mean, it wasn't pretty. He played sheltered minutes and didn't I mean it wasn't fantastic but with all that being said I am I have confidence that he'll be a third the third pairing defenseman for the Toronto Maple Leafs next year and I have confidence that by Christmas time you're going to be saying wow he has really taken a step I I do like Timothy Liljegren what does he bring to his game I think he he does an exceptional job with stretch passes something that we did not see very, like, it was something that Leafs defensemen struggled with, uh, especially someone whose number is 52. Uh, but yes, so he's very good on the stretch passes, in my opinion. Um, it, on the offensive zone, like, he's a very good passer, actually, all around. He moved the puck very well, especially in a power play set, uh, scenario. However, I don't see him playing any power play time this year if he's in the NHL. But with that being said, uh, his skating isn't the greatest. He isn't the fleetest of foot. He isn't the quickest skater. Um, he's not bad, I would say, but it, it could stand to be improved. Um, his confidence, I mean, we saw he didn't look, he's, when he moves up one level in terms of difficulty of play like AHL to NHL he isn't the most confident player such as what we've seen in Rasmus Sandin uh, but I think with like he's got some NHL time under his belt we're going to see a totally new Timothy Liljegren in this next season I mean consider this the kid's only 21 years old this would be his overager season if he was playing junior I mean I think we'd have a, an entirely different view of him. As a lot of people have said, we'd have an entirely different view of him if he completely ripped up the OHL. 
for a couple years instead of having to play a depth role playing against men in the AHL. So be patient. I think that uh, it'll all work out with with Timmy, and he'll he'll be a top four defenseman for the Toronto Maple Leafs um, sooner rather than later. I'm not saying this season, but I'm not saying wait till he's 26 kind of thing. So Myrtle, I I don't think, I think that hate towards Timmy was unwarranted. I like that word. Uh, Everything else going around the bird app, I mean, it's all stupidity. Don't look into it too much. Uh, I think that covers everything with Toronto Maple Leafs uh, regarding the Toronto Maple surrounding the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, today. Moves that I foresee coming. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with Janssen. If we do keep him, I'd be happy because I don't see much trade value in him currently right now. Consider this: 26 years old, coming off an injury plagued season, getting paid three and a half million dollars, underperformed. I mean, we all know Andreas Janssen. Late bloomer, could improve a lot next year. Did play very well the year before, but from the outside looking in, they're not going to be taking that into too much consideration when it comes to his trade value. So I think Janssen stays, but that number one rate, I expect Kyle Dubas to make a big move because we need we need a monster on D coming up for this upcoming season. Uh, with all that being said, enjoy the playoff hockey. It's been terrific. Um can't go wrong with any series. I mean, maybe the Islanders, I hate them, but lots of fantastic playoff hockey, and I will see you guys at a future date, I don't know when.